Hello, everyone. What a joy it is to bring the Word of God to you today. We've been spending the last three weeks talking about expecting God to break through for you. We've had fun here in the audience, haven't we? Here with the the TV studio audience. We've been having a great time, and I trust all of you that have been able to watch the broadcast have had uh, an enjoyable time as well. You've been praising God for the breakthrough that you are believing for in your life, and I want to encourage you right now, don't ever give up. He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the way maker. And I don't care what it looks like on the outside right now, no matter what the circumstances may be telling you, God is faithful and God wants to break through for you. Before we get into our lesson today, one more time I want you to watch the special announcement that's coming up about our Adventures in Faith magazine. On this particular uh, cover of this one, my wife and I, Carolyn and I, and in this particular uh, issue, We're talking about opportunities to prosper, which is what favor is all about. The Lord said to me one time, he said, uh, I have pronounced my blessing and my favor on you. He said, the blessing is the empowerment to prosper. But what is favor for? And before I could even answer, he said, to produce the opportunities to make it happen. That's what favor is about, producing opportunities so that you can prosper. So the blessing will manifest in your life. That's what we're talking about in that magazine article. So there's some good things in that magazine that I know you'll enjoy. And uh, we want you to receive it in your home on a regular basis. So watch this announcement. They'll tell you how you can receive it. Then we'll come back and we'll do the last session on the subject of expecting God to break through for you. So don't miss it. Don't turn your television off. We're not done yet. Adventures in Faith is Jerry Savelle's free quarterly magazine, and it's available to you today. Inside each issue are powerful teachings by Brother Jerry and Carolyn Savelle, as well as faith-building articles from many other featured guests. For some time, my life had been difficult to live, and nothing I tried was helping. During one of my dark moments, I received my copy of Adventures in Faith magazine. I read it from cover to cover, and by the time I finished, the darkness had lifted, and I felt so much better. I have been blessed reading Adventures in Faith. You have completely changed my thinking, and I know that God can and will do what He promised in His Word. Thank you for helping me get out of depression and realize my full potential. You can read your first issue today. Simply go online to jerrysavelle.org or download the Jerry Savelle app on your mobile device to begin reading issues immediately. You can also call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and register to receive a printed version twice per year delivered right to your mailbox. Don't wait. Now's your chance for more faith in your life. Register today for Adventures in Faith. All right, welcome back. And once again, thank you for joining with us. And all of you in the studio today, thank you for being here as well. Appreciate it very much. Once again, the God of the breakthrough. I want you to say that with me. My God God is the God God of the breakthrough. breakthrough. Say it again. My God God is the God God of the breakthrough. And lift a hand and give him a shout for it. Praise God. Amen. God wants to break through for you. There are a lot of you that are watching today that I'm quite sure need a turnaround, need a breakthrough in your life. And I believe if you'll listen for the next 20 minutes or so, I can show you from the authority of God's Word how that you can position yourself to experience that turnaround and that breakthrough that you so desperately need in your life. It seems that most people spend their entire lives in survival mode, just existing, just barely getting by. And that is not God's best. You know, I I will say 
Uh, I remember some years when at the end of that year, I said, I survived. That was a great testimony, (laughs) but it wasn't God's best. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God wants us to be survivors. God wants us to be overcomers. He wants us to rule and to reign. Now, I'm grateful that I survived, but that's not God's best, and it's not God's best for you either. God doesn't want you to develop this survival mentality where that's all you expect. No, God says in Ephesians 3.20 that He's able to do exceeding abundant above all that you can ask or think. That's more than survival. That's, that's taking you to another level. That's what God wants to do. No matter what your present circumstances are. You know, I can remember when Carolyn and I first came into this in 1969, I had been a, a young businessman, owned an automotive business, and I was deep in debt from that business. I was deep in debt personally. And, and when Kenneth Copeland came and preached the word that changed my life, uh, he just simply called it the word of faith. And, and that message that night just made such an impact on me. And I said, God, if this is real, if you are really like this man described you and you really do keep your word, like he said, then I'm not running anymore. I'm going to surrender my life to you and I'm going to live by your word for the rest of my life. Now, when I made that, that vow to God, I didn't have anything. I mean, you know, we're, we're about to lose it all. And some of it we'd already lost. Some of it was just junk, you know? And I remember, um, in the natural, how impossible it looked for all of this to turn around. But God said he would, and we were trusting him. Now, we didn't have a whole lot of help from other people, because you have to understand, in 1969, the word of faith was not a prominent message. Most people were steeped in religious tradition. In fact, when Brother Copeland came and preached the word of faith, there were a lot of people in the church where he preached it that didn't like it. It, it went cross-grain with their religious traditions. I believe to this day that God sent him there for me. You know, if nobody else, he sent him there for me because I, I didn't have any religious tradition. I didn't know any religion. And so when I heard the truth, I knew it was the truth and I decided I'm going for it. And I did, man, I, I jumped in it headlong. And so I began to saturate myself with the word of God. I was in it day and night. And the more word I got in me, the, the more I began to believe that, you know, it looks like it's possible that God could get me out of this mess. I don't have a clue how, but I just believe now that he could. Well, I just kept in the word and kept in the word. And every time Brother Copeland come, I'd go to those meetings. Or if he'd mentioned somebody like Kenneth Hagin, I'd go find a Kenneth Hagin meeting to get into. If he'd mentioned Oral Roberts, I'm going to get in an Oral Roberts meeting. And, and faith was coming. Faith was coming. Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and then it got to another level where I not only believe that God could do it, I now believe he would do it. Hallelujah. There are a lot of people that believe God can break through for them that they don't believe he will. Well, now my faith was taking on a new dimension. I believe God can, and I believe God will. But it didn't happen overnight. I had to patiently endure. But man, I'll never forget when that first little breakthrough came through or came to pass where somebody uh, asked me to come and help them do a job. And it was in, a, in, an, in a, an area that I had no expertise. I mean, I'd worked on cars all my life. I was a paint and body man. You know, that's what my dad did. He taught me the trade. That's the kind of business I owned. 
and, and this man wanted me to come help him build a house. I don't know anything about building houses. I don't know one nail from another. I don't know one piece of lumber from another. But he said, the Lord said for you to come and help me. Will you do it? Will you obey? I said, well, the Lord said it, yes. And I went out there and I was what I called a gopher. When he'd say, go for this, go for that. I was a gopher. You know, I'd clean up the rooms. I'd burn the trash. I'd go pick up material for him, do whatever he wanted me to do. Now, he didn't, he wasn't, you know, obligated to pay me a lot of money because I didn't have any expertise. It's not like I was with the union, you know, so he didn't have to pay me union wages. But when we got through with that, he was almost finished with the job when he called me anyway. And so I worked a couple of weeks with him and he finished up the job. And then when he got his paycheck for the building this house, he came to my house and had this huge check for me. He said, this is your part. I said, I didn't earn that. He said, this is what God told me to give you. I said, you don't owe me this kind of money. He said, I'm obeying God. So don't fuss with me, take the check. So I quit fussing, praise God, and took the check, you know. It was a breakthrough, praise God. And I'll never forget, I turned around to my wife and I was about to tell her, look what God did. And it wouldn't come out in English. It would, I was speaking in tongues, man. I was so overwhelmed by what God did. And she said, why did he do that? He said, I said, he said, this is what God told him to do. Man, I got in my car and I drove straight to First National Bank and met with a vice president who was a good friend of mine. He's the one who helped me get in debt. And so I'm, I said, I'm going to pay this loan off, pay it in full. His eyes got bigger than my eyes and I'd never paid it off in full. Every time I'd go in there, he'd see me coming. He'd think, we got to add another 30 days, got to add another 60 days. He called them balloon notes back then, you know. And when I walked in and said, I'm paying it in full, he could hardly believe it. And uh, I could hardly speak in English. I handed him a check. He said, I knew he was going to be a missionary, but what's that language? I said, I have no idea, but I know it's from God. And he gave me that paper with that stamp on it, paid in full. You talk about a happy camper. And I said right then, God is the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. And you know, it didn't take a lifetime for, he, for him to get all those business debts paid off. In fact, in less than 14 months, I had all those debts paid off, praise God. And God kept proving that he can and he will break through for you, praise God. And he's been breaking through for me ever since. Hallelujah. Anybody in here know God is the God of the breakthrough? Amen. So listen to what he says in Isaiah chapter 61. Verse one says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captive. That's a breakthrough. Amen. 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 Liberty to the captive. That's a breakthrough. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound in the um, Amplified Bible where it says, and to give, well, let's read a little further. I'm getting ahead of myself. Verse two, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now he's talking about turnarounds. He's talking about one day you're in mourning and the next day you're in joy. One day you're a captive and the next day you're enjoying freedom. That's a turnaround. 
That's a breakthrough. And notice he says that, that this is a prophetic word for Jesus. And Jesus quoted it in Luke chapter 4 and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he quoted these very things in Luke chapter 4. So what he's saying is Jesus came to be our way maker. He came to give us breakthroughs, praise God. In the message translation where it says uh, joy for morning, it says joy instead of doom. God doesn't want you living in a doomed environment, a doomed place. He wants you experiencing the joy of the Lord for the victories that you're experiencing from him, the turnarounds, the breakthroughs that he's blessing your life with. In other words, Jesus does not want your life to remain the same. Amen. When you come to him, Paul said, all things are new and old things have passed away. That's talking about the, the spirit man. You are a new creation. Now, you'll still have the same debts after you make Jesus Lord. You'll still have the same circumstances out there. They didn't all get born again like you did. But if you start renewing your mind to the Word of God, then the things out here are going to take on uh, 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 the power of God and the miracle working ability of God. And the next thing you know, that captivity you were in, you will be set free of it. God will break through for you. Amen. But you got to be able to say, I believe it. Hallelujah. I expect it. Amen. So God wants to turn things around in your life. Now, I want to give you in this closing session, four things that I learned years ago that will position you for a turnaround and a breakthrough in your life. Now we've mentioned some of them on some of the previous broadcasts, but it won't hurt for you to hear it again. Jesus often said to his disciples, and again, I say unto thee. So number one, write this down. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. Stop listening to the lies of the devil. Jesus declared in John chapter eight and verse 44 that Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. The message translation, I love this, says there isn't a shred of truth in him. There isn't a shred of truth in him. So what does that say when he is waking you up in the middle of the night screaming, no way, no way. There isn't a shred of truth in him. Now, why would you want to believe a liar? Why would you want to throw your faith away based on something a liar said? Don't do it. If Satan is talking to you, it is a lie. Believe the opposite. When he says there is no way, you start rejoicing because that means there is a way and apparently it's on the way or the devil wouldn't be waking you up in the middle of the night screaming no way. Amen? So everything the devil tells you, there isn't a shred of truth in it. You're not going to be healed. You're not going to be able to uh, have those needs met. It's a lie. Don't listen to him. Satan is incapable of telling the truth. His nature will not allow it. No more than it's, uh, I mean, and likewise, it's in, uh, God's incapable of lying. Right. His nature won't allow it. He's not a man that he should lie. Uh, the message translation goes on to say, listen to this. It says, there isn't a shred of truth in him. And then it goes on to say, and when he speaks, he makes it up out of his lying nature. Wow. Isn't that something? Yeah. Satan makes it up out of his lying nature. So he'll try to paint the darkest picture. He'll try to paint a bleak picture. He'll try to paint a picture of impossibilities. 
but you must not fall for it. If you're going to position yourself for a turnaround and a breakthrough in your life, then the first thing you need to do is stop listening to the lies of the devil. Amen. He'll try his best to control your thoughts, but Paul said you must cast down every thought that does not line up with the Word of God. So make a habit of doing that. The moment that thought comes in your mind, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Impossible. Cast it down. But not only cast it down, replace it with what God says. Reprogram your mind to believe what God says. When the devil says, well, you know, Satan even will attempt to quote scripture. He did that with Jesus on the, on the Mount of Temptation. He quoted scripture, but he took it out of context. He misquoted and Jesus came back with scripture and sent him on his way. You know, the devil even said, well, yeah, I know the Bible says that God can't, but you don't know that he will. You don't know that. Just tell him, you liar. I do know that. There was a man came to Jesus one time and said, Master, I know you can heal me. I'm just not sure if you will. And Jesus said, I will. So that sells it, devil. I not only believe my God can, I believe my God will. So you just peddle those lies somewhere else because they're not welcome in my house. Amen. I know all of you are doing that, right? Amen. That's what you need to do. Amen. The devil going to quote scripture, quote scripture back because he'll take them out of context and he won't quote them properly, but he'll try to get religious on you. You got to watch that. His lies are not only designed to confuse you, to deceive you, but also to trouble you. Jesus said in John 14, 27, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart. Notice the understood subject of the sentence is you let not your heart be troubled. You know what that also implies? If you don't do your part, your heart will be troubled. So how do you keep your heart from being troubled? You got to stay focused on the word of God. If you don't, then that trouble is going to get in your heart. And the next thing you're going to do is start talking it. It's going to come out of your mouth. Okay. The message translation says, don't be upset and don't become distraught. Don't be distraught. So if you choose to stop listening to Satan's lies and you start listening to God's word, then fear will leave and faith will come. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Fear cometh by hearing the word of Satan. So you replace one with the other. If you got fear in your life, then go to the word of God. Fear will go. Faith will come. Amen. So it's important that you feed your spirit the word of God on a regular basis and stop listening to the lies of the devil. If Satan tells you you're not going to get healed, you're not going to be delivered, just begin to quote the word. For instance, Psalm 34, 19, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Don't stop before you read the word, but because the word, but changes everything. See, the religious person goes around saying, yes, the Lord said that many are the afflictions of the righteous. Hallelujah. I must be in the will of God. I'm afflicted. No, you didn't read the but, sir. <laughs> Amen. You got to read the but because that changes everything. Amen. Many are the afflictions. God never told you you wouldn't have tests. He never told you you wouldn't have challenges. He never told you you wouldn't have trials. As long as you're in the world, you're going to be faced with those. But be of good cheer. 
Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So if the devil says you're not going to be delivered this time, quote this to him. Right. Amen. And James said, if you resist him, he will flee from you. Amen. Number two, watch your words. Watch your words. Put a guard over your vocabulary. Psalm 50 verse 23 says that God will show his salvation to those who order their words aright, order their conversation aright. That means if, if, if you will put a guard over your vocabulary and you speak the word of God, then God will show you his salvation. And the word salvation is an all-inclusive word. It not only means being saved from sin, it means healing, it means prosperity, it means peace, it means deliverance. So what's God saying? If you line your words up with my word, then you'll see my salvation. I'll break through for you, God is saying. Now, not only should you stop listening to the lies of the devil, but you need to put a guard over your vocabulary. Now, in the book of James, James chapter 3, and I don't have time to get into this in depth, but you make a note of it and you read it later. James chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. James tells us here, and he illustrates how that you can turn a horse by putting a bit in his mouth. You can put the bit in the horse's mouth and you can turn that horse whichever direction you want him to go. Now, that horse is much bigger than you. He's more powerful than you, you know, but with a bit in his mouth, he will obey you. And then James goes on to say, it's the same, in the same manner, the rudder on a ship will determine the course that ship takes, even though that rudder is much smaller than that big ship. But when you take the rudder and you control the rudder, then you control the direction that ship will go. Now, James is saying, if you can put a bit in a horse's mouth and control it, and you can take a rudder and control a ship, the bit and the rudder for us in our own lives is our tongue. What's coming out of our mouth? Your tongue controls your life just like the bit controls the horse and the rudder controls the ship. Amen? So what is James saying? If you get control of your tongue, you'll get control of your life. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that. Amen. So if you're going to position yourself for a major turnaround in your life or a major breakthrough in your life, the first thing you've got to do is stop listening to the lies of the devil. And then number two, watch your words. Put a guard over your vocabulary. The message translation in James 3 says, it only takes a spark to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do just that. So your words are like sparks. And if you keep talking negative, you are about to set on fire your life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So watch your words. And then number three, be consistent, stay focused, and determine that quitting is no longer an option. Be consistent, stay focused, and determine that quitting is no longer an option. Get quit out of your thinking. Get quit out of your vocabulary. Become immovable, become firm, become uncompromising. And then finally, because my time is, is just about up, number four, plant a seed. You know, every breakthrough I've ever experienced came 
by number one, stop listening to the lies of the devil. Number two, put a guard over my vocabulary. Number three, stay focused, stay consistent. And then number four, as an act of faith, I planted a seed. I sowed a seed for that breakthrough, showing God that I believe that he can and he will. I want you to be praying about planting a seed as we go to our announcement. And then I'm going to come back in a few moments and give you that opportunity, okay? Watch this announcement, and then I'll be back in just a few moments. It's time to expect God's breakthrough for you. Oppression can make you feel completely helpless, struggling to make it day to day. In the book, Free at Last from Oppression, Jerry Savelle teaches truths about your situation and how Jesus paid the price for your freedom. Success is a result of good habits, but bad habits leave you high and dry. It's time to get fed up with non-productive habits. In Free at Last from Old Habits, you'll learn how to tap into power that can set you free. Also included in today's package is 2016, the year of the great breaking loose. In this three CD teaching, Jerry Savelle shares a prophetic word from the Lord for the body of Christ concerning 2016. Request this breakthrough trio, including Free at Last from Oppression, Free at Last from Old Habits, and 2016, the year of the great breaking loose today. Don't wait, call or go online to jerrysavelle.org. Expect God's breakthrough for you. I remember now, this is the last week that we're offering this special set of resources, the two books, Free at Last from Oppression and Free at Last from Old Habits, and then the three CDs on 2016, the year of the great breaking loose. Order them now. Don't delay. This is the last week that we'll offer it as a special offer. Let me uh, go back to what I said before we went to the break about number four, to position yourself for a major turnaround or breakthrough in your life, plant a seed. One of the greatest examples of this is found in 1 Kings chapter 17, where the little widow woman in Zarephath, when the prophet came to her, she had nothing. In fact, uh, she even told the prophet that all I have is a little bit of meal and uh, a cruise of oil, and I'm going to make a cake for my son and myself. We're going to eat it and die. So this woman is about to die when the prophet shows up. And what did he show up with? The word of the Lord. And he told her, said, I have a word for you, and I'm paraphrasing. I have a word from God for you, and this word is going to produce a breakthrough in your life. But the first thing I want you to do is make me a little cake first. Now, she already told him, I only have enough for me and my son. We're going to die. But notice what he said. If you will sow this seed, then the word of the Lord that will come to you will produce a breakthrough in your life. She did. She went and made the prophet that little cake. And that was her seed. That was her significant seed. And then as a result of it, it produced a miracle in her life. You'll have to read about it because my time is up. But I'm telling you, if you'll stop listening to the lies of the devil, put a guard over your vocabulary, stay focused, plant a seed toward your breakthrough, then God will break through for you. I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider sowing a seed for your breakthrough into this ministry today. Sow a seed and your seed 
will reach people all over the world. It won't stop here in Crowley, Texas. It'll reach people all over the world, and at the same time, it'll position you for the breakthrough you're believing for. Thank you for watching as we've done these uh, lessons on expecting God to break through for you. Next week, we'll begin a brand new series. I look forward to being with you. Until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.